Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 95 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosario. Justin, how are you? I am doing pretty good. So... uh, on today's show, we're going to be briefly be discussing the Israel-Palestine conflict. We don't have a huge amount to say on this at the moment. Um, lots of dead people, um, sadly. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to be digging into the election of MAGA Republican Mike Johnson of Lu- Louisiana. Um, MAGA Mike. A household name. Uh, nobody knows who this guy is. Anyway, we're going to be talking about him. What does this mean to the chamber now? It's run by a staunchly anti-LGBT, anti-women, anti-democracy lunatic with a disturbingly strong pro-theocracy bent we'll be getting into that we'll also be talking about the current state of trump's legal woes um, north carolina republicans are taking gerrymandering to a new extreme and then we have the entrance of democrat dean phillips into the race for president everybody I, panic. I, i'm sorry who? Who, who yeah yeah no no justin panic you've got to panic right oh this is ah, ah, it's who? all over for biden uh we have our fascists of the week and then we are going to be moving into the emergency meeting where we discuss the terrible mass shooting in Maine and why Republicans are solely to blame for this. So the let's start. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Israel-Palestine situation. There isn't a huge amount to talk about this week, really, because uh, Israel has yet to launch a ground invasion of Gaza. They are talking about it. That apparently seems to be the plan, but they haven't. They're bombing, they're, they're raining hell on Gaza on military targets. There was a huge hoopla about the uh, the, the hospital bombing. Um, we discussed that last week. Did we discuss that last week? Yeah, we talked about we it. Did. So it's, yes, it's almost certain now that it was Hamas. It was a Hamas bomb that, that did the hospital. Um, it's irritated the Israelis no end that like a lot of media outlets reported that it it was Israeli or they inferred that it was an Israeli airstrike. It wasn't almost certainly not. Um, we're still in a sort of an information war as well. This has been one of the, we talked about this last week. It's one of the most disturbing aspects of this is that, um, you know, everybody had, there are real agendas at play and which makes finding good information very difficult. Uh, lots of sources are biased. Obviously, lots of people are reading social media. This is one of the worst places you can get information from. All the best if you know who to follow, um, but it's actually, it's pretty bad. And I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously heartbroken by the loss of life on both sides. It's t- absolutely appalling. Uh, thousands of Palestinians are now dead. Um, they've uncovered more Israeli hostages. There are over 200 Israeli hostages, they, they think. There's desperate attempts to get some back. I think they've released four hostages already. It's obviously good news. I am still um, kind of seething uh, the left 
the left wing reaction to the 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 Hamas terrorist attack. That's where I stand on it, Justin. I don't know about you, but um, I'm. This still bothers me greatly that the, you know, the identity politics left, the hard left, um, well, you know, they're still holding pro-Palestinian marches on campus. That they're shining like, uh, calling Hamas freedom fighters. Uh, I don't mind if you're pro-Palestinian, um, but pro-Hamas, that's a different story. This, uh, this, I have a problem with. Um, so I don't know. Where do you stand on this, Justin? How how are you feeling about it as as a Jew? No, I I get it. I, I understand where you're coming from, and, and and I mostly agree with that, right? And I don't I don't like the way that they're 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 so eager to to throw all of Israel and the quote unquote the Jews under the bus. Uh, my problem, because um, again, I, I keep seeing. Like my timeline is just filled with both of the both sides of this, uh, and then like because I don't interact with any of it, I'm still seeing both sides of it, and I, I've been very careful not to engage because I just I want to keep watching this, right? And I really mm. don't want to get into this at all. But when I see right wingers, you know, dropping to their knees and crying their bloody tears over Israel and their good friends in Israel and how much they love Israel and oh my God, the, the, the Palestinians have to be destroyed and blah, blah, blah. I, I would take them more seriously if they didn't spend so much time um, hanging around with neo-Nazis. Honestly, yeah, of course. You know, the, course. like when it comes from right-wingers crying and sad about, you know, the slaughter of Jewish people, it's like, yeah, you know, but a couple of months ago or last week or two weeks ago, you were you are really cozying up with those neo-Nazis whose entire mission in life is to kill all the Jews. So maybe you're probably not all that sincere in, in your heartbreak and sadness over, over all those dead Jews. Probably, probably not really what you're thinking. So, yeah. My, my suspicion on this is that they're racist towards Arabs and Muslims. Um, that that's, you know, they probably prefer Jews over over Arabs, just well, no, uh, no, no, Israelis. They prefer Israelis because if this happened in any other country, they would be laughing their asses off. Yes. Like they don't care when a synagogue gets shot up in the United States. As far as they're concerned, that's oh well, too bad. They don't care about that. That's not a problem. They we shouldn't do anything about that. They didn't want when when synagogues got shot up in the United States. They weren't out there calling for a crackdown on white nationalism the way no. they're calling for a crackdown on Hamas. That they want total destruction, total war against Hamas. They don't want that here when it's white nationalists shooting up Jews. Yes. They're fine with that because that's their people. They don't care about Jews, they care about Israeli Jews. Because Israel yes. and their whole stupid prophecy and blah 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 blah, and that's all yeah. they care about. So I, you know, I, I I agree, and I and I do sense that there's you know there are there's a lot of um, anti-Arab sentiment out there as well, which I find really distasteful. Um, the some of the pro-Israeli stuff as well. I'm not saying you know again I I tried to take an even-handed look at this. Like I, if you're dehumanizing anybody, right? If you're cheering for one side over the other, I think you're just not a good person you know i'm not cheering for you know israel over the palestinians or i'm not cheering for um 
I don't know, the IDF over Hamas or anything. Well, I am cheering for IDF over Hamas. I think Hamas needs to be obliterated. But uh, I don't want, you know, it's not like I prefer dead Palestinians to dead Jews. I don't like dead anybody. Yeah, uh, to be something. clear, the people on the people on the um the the left, uh, like you know, I hate calling them the left because honestly, they don't act like it. They no, are they open. Don't. They openly using the slogans. Um, I forget what the phrase is. Some the, something to the sea. Yeah, from the, uh, is it from the river to the sea? Something like that, which is like, okay, you're talking about killing all the Jews there. Yes, and you know, it's like, okay, so that's like you know, just one step removed from Nazi stuff you're doing. How is that okay? Why is that okay? Oh, because they're Jews. Because they wouldn't do that anywhere else, right? No other, no other genocides, right? No, no other, no other ethnic conflicts do they call for the utter eradication of the other side. Except right. here, which is like, right. That's a little suspicious when it's Jews involved. They don't call for the other eradication of the Chinese when they're throwing a, you know, when they're jumping up and down about the Uyghurs. They don't yeah. say, well, all the Chinese should be wiped out. It's like, why exactly? You, the Uyghurs are definitely, they haven't done anything at all except right. exist and they're being wiped out system, uh, systematically. But no one calls for the uh, eradication of the Chinese. Yeah. Why do we do that when it comes to the Jews in Israel? Oh, the Jews. That's why, because it's the Jews. It's always okay to call for the eradication of Jews. It doesn't matter if it's left or right. And there's that strain of anti-Semitism that runs underneath all of it all yeah. the time. I mean, look, I just want to read you a statistic, right? Um, hate crimes in London. Are, are, guess how much? Hate crimes are up in London. Oh my you. God! It's got to be a spike of over a hundred percent easily. No, give give me another. Give me another. Uh, oh, give we well, we in the area of two to three hundred percent. No, I'm. Um, it's this is it's one thousand three hundred fifty percent rise. Wow! Wait, is that against um, just Jews or is that against um against Middle Eastern and Jew? Against just Jews. Jews. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Right. And this is not, this is, the, I, this is from The Guardian. Um, there has been a 1,350% increase in hate crimes against Jewish people as the Middle East crisis erupted, the Metropolitan Police have said. Um, uh, th this is, um, I mean, it's terrible. Like, obviously, my family are, are in London. Uh, they don't seem to be, you know, they're, they're alert. They don't think they're like, freaking out too much but this is a horrifying rise in anti-semitism in the uk so and this is my issue right this is my issue with the so-called left that a lot of these students and uh identity politics leftists are are uh are now protesting with hardcore um muslim fundamentalists right who are calling for the death of all jews so i mean look like it's kind of like I guess where I am on this is that I'm thinking, do you, I don't think you understand that these people are not your allies. Because like, once they're done with the Jews, they don't want you alive either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're hardcore fundamentalist Muslims, you're yeah. the bad guy too. I yes. mean, it's no, yeah. it's no different than hanging around with Republicans. It's like, yeah, they're, you're just a useful idiot to them. Right. As soon as they're done with the first group, they'll turn on you. Who, like yeah. who are you kidding? 
Yeah, and I, you know, I was seeing all these um, uh, LGBTQ messages about standing in solidarity with Palestinians and the freedom. It's like, look, guys, I get it. It's, I understand. But do you know what would happen to you in Gaza? Right? If you were, if you were in Gaza, it, it, Gaza is one of the worst places in the world for LGBTQ people, for gays. Gays are routinely... There was a... I re, um, read a story recently of a Hamas... Uh, fighter who was suspected of homosexuality and was brutally tortured and killed. Right? These guys are not your friends. Yeah, at least in Saudi Arabia, they just throw you off the side of a building. Yeah. Um, in, They're in, nice in, about it, right? Yeah. In, in, in Gaza, you get tortured. And um, where, like in, in Israel, same sex marriage is recognized, LGBTQ issues are taken seriously. Um, you know, again, this is not to excuse what some of these what Israel has done um, to the Palestinians. I'm not saying that at all, but you need to put this in perspective, um, please. And I'm saying to like all liberals out there who think that this is okay, it's it's all right that what Hamas did is fine. Um, I think you need to examine some of your own prejudices and your own allegiances very, very carefully. Um, anyway, I'm still like shocked by what I've seen. No, not shocked. Um, was it shocked? Yeah, yeah, shocked but not surprised. I guess that's the word. I've seen this coming for a long time. Uh, but look, anyway, um, let's hope that this, you know, we can salvage something out of this horrible mess. It's, it's a really awful situation, and like you know, reading about the Palestinian families being killed and um, it's terrible and it's tragic. And I genuinely don't want, you know, I don't want Israel to continue this this particular strategy i don't exactly know what they're supposed to do but i you know this is not this is not helping anyone um anyway look let's let's move on uh the big news this week mike johnson mike johnson that that well-known household name the famous mike johnson. mike johnson so look i'm gonna use a bad word here who the fuck is mike johnson <laughs> well you know the fact that no one knows who mike johnson is is a complete and total failure of the press again because it wasn't until after he became speaker that the press was like oh wait a minute that's the guy who was one of the leading figures of the house's attempt to overthrow the election yeah we kind of really didn't notice him like we kind of mentioned him back in january of 2001 but we didn't really think it was worth really getting into because you know he's a republican and we don't like excruciating Republicans for the really illegal things that they do. So we kind of just let his name slip through the cracks. Like we sort of mentioned him, but then we didn't get back to it because, you know, we don't hold Republicans accountable. When I started reading the stuff that he was doing and it's like, are you serious? Oh, he's, nuts. he's, he's absolutely nuts. I mean, he, he's genuinely one of the scariest people on the MAGA right. Like, he's a full-on believer. He's a... Yeah, he's a a psychopath. And the fact that no one knew who he was until he became speaker tells you just how little the press wants to hold these people accountable. They really, really hate holding them accountable. They hate it. And now he's the speaker. It's very, very serious. I mean, his rap sheet is extraordinary. Yeah, it's insane how crazy this guy is. Yeah, uh, it wants a national ban on abortion. This is, I don't, this is almost like suicidal going into 2024 for, for the Republicans. I don't think this is strategically like right now, they're all cheering, they think this is great news, but I think this is a disaster. 
Right. Well, all right. Let's let's give a quick list. Okay. This is from Judd Legum. Uh, Legum? Legum. I'm going to sound just pronounce Legum. it. Legum. I don't know. I like. I was wondering about that. But, uh, okay. So this is what this is what he listed on um, on Twitter. Uh, in the early 2000s, Johnson advocated for public schools to teach a course that taught the Bible as quote unquote an accurate record of history. Um, Johnson said opposition to the course was quote the height of political correctness. Um, Johnson became the unofficial spokesman for covenant marriage. He gave national television interviews promoting the practice. Covenant marriage is an alternative to no-fault divorce that makes it difficult for women to leave a marriage, even in cases of physical abuse. Let me tell you something. Are you familiar with the whole covenant marriage thing? Have you read up on any of that? Uh, I have not. Okay. This is a thing that Republicans – this has been like a fringe thing for a long time. But it's moving into the mainstream, right? You know how I keep screaming my head off about how the the MRA movement is becoming the mainstream of the Republican Party. This mm. is part of that, right? They the MR the MRA movement is really opposed to no fault divorce. They think that once a woman gets married, she should be stuck in that marriage forever. Now, men should be able to divorce whenever they want because men, right? Women should not be able to get out of divorce. They should be trapped in a divorce, uh, in a marriage, no matter what. The men can cheat on her. The men can, the men can be hitting her. It doesn't matter. She should not be able to leave without massive difficulty. Okay. Now mm. that paired with the whole men should be able to marry women when they're 12, 13 years old. That's that's a one-two thing, right? You put those together, you've got girls who will be trapped in marriages with older men and they can never escape from those marriages. That's, that's the combination, which I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. I guarantee you, I haven't found anything online. I promise you, I will bet you, Ben Cohen, right now, $100 that Mike Johnson does not believe there should be an age of consent. Uh, he there should be no age of consent. He believes that the age of consent is unconstitutional and against the law of God. I guarantee you, he would do away with the age of consent if he had the option. I promise yeah. you, of course, that he of thinks course. that he thinks thirteen-year-old girls should be able to marry thirty-year-old men and then be trapped in that marriage. Yeah, I promise yeah. you that is something yeah, that he has not said out loud, or if he has, it's been like a secret meeting and sooner or later we're going to find out about it. I guarantee it that's coming. It's yeah. just a matter of time. And yep. I will remember this conversation when it comes out and I'll be screaming on Twitter. I told you! I told you, Ben! I told you he was one of those people! He's definitely one of those people. <laughs> so, I mean, look, what else? What else do we have on this guy? Um, okay. Um, in the editorial from the mid-2000s, Johnson said that, quote, a homosexual relationships were un- inherently unnatural and studies clearly show ultimately harmful and costly for everyone. Um, he also supported criminalization of sexual activity between people of the same sex. Um, he said that um, states should be, excuse me. Um, should be, oh, okay, I'm sorry. As a state legislator, Johnson sponsored the Marriage and Conscience Act, which prohibited the state from taking adverse action against anyone who acts, quote unquote, in accordance with religious belief or moral conviction about the institution of marriage. So basically, he wants people to be able to say, oh, well, I don't like the fact that you're having gay sex, so I'm going to discriminate against you. 
Um, basically, he wants the state to be able to police what people do in the bedroom. Um, so, you know, he, he's into uh, anti-sodomy laws. He's into, um, you know, basically he'll be able to say, uh, you know, uh, uh, no sex outside of marriage. He actually said the law that he wanted to, this law that he was proposing could allow people to discriminate against interracial couples. Because, of course, he believes that. You know, he wants to be able to control who you're allowed to marry and who you're allowed to be with. Mm. Um, he's super hardcore anti-abortion, right? He wants a moment of fertilization, right? So yeah. you're, you, it's like, oh, your egg is fertilized? That is, a, that is an entire human you can no longer have. That is a person and now has all the rights, and blah, 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 under the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy's a real looney tune. And... And on top of all of that, he's super hardcore pro-Trump, and he was very much involved with um, the whole thing about um, the House trying to get the courts to overturn the 2020 election. He was very much involved in that, and the press just kind of never really got around to it again. They just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. That's the thing that happened, and yeah, they just moved on. And now, here, yeah, here we are. Now he's House Speaker. I mean, like it was unanimous. The Republicans, there was no opposition whatsoever to to this. He went right he, because they were exhausted. They got yeah. worn out from all the bickering and arguing and stress and blah blah blah. And Donald Trump um, um, shooting down um, Emmer, whatever his first name was. Right. Because they were going to go with him because he was kind of moderate. Right. He wasn't like he wasn't too far to the left. He wasn't too far to the right. He would have been fine. He, some Democrats were like, yeah, we can live with him. We would have been fine with him. But the, Donald Trump didn't want him because he wanted someone who would help him overturn the 2024 election. And the rest of them were just like, oh, God, we can't do this anymore. And they just gave in. And they, the the the, the the minority won. That's how they did it. They just kept fighting and arguing and stressing until the majority gave up, which is kind of what happened in two thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. They got away yeah. with that in two thousand, and they got away with it in two thousand sixteen, right? But Everyone look, just kind of said eh and let it happen, and now they did it again. I mean, look, let's talk about the ramifications of this, right? This is. I, I think this is this is a double-edged sword, right, for the Democrats. If you're looking at it from a kind of perspective of the Democrats, they, they're probably going to be in two minds about this. The first one is going to be, all right, he's going to make life hell, right? He's going to do everything in his power to, um, you know, you're going to have Hunter Biden investigations for the next 12 months or the next 16 months. It's going to be nonstop. Uh, I think that's an absolute, that's a guarantee. But on the other hand, um, and he's going to do all sorts of other stuff. He's going to mess with the funding for Ukraine. He's it's going to be a, a real shit show. Um, but the other aspect of this is that heading into 2024, an extremist like that, right, is going to shut the government down. Right, he'll he'll shut the government down as well. He'll he'll side with the with the crazies. Um, he'll make sure that the government gets shut down. Uh, he's probably not going to compromise at all. I think that this works in politically. It works in the favor of the Democrats. There's also the pro-life stuff, which is, uh, I think, 
going to be a very pivotal issue we're getting into 2024. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's going to be the reverse of Nancy Pelosi. They're just going to slap him on every single ad saying, this guy's a crazy anti-abortion extremist. Take the house away from him. Take the power away from him. Yeah, so it means I, I think in the next election they will lose control. It, it, I'm, I'm, I just can't see America over and over again, as lots and lots of elections have shown um, over the past sort of two years, that uh, Americans are moving away from extremism. They don't like MAGA extremism. They really don't. They think it's too too much. Um, and I think that this spells kind of disaster for, uh, electorally over the next 18 months, in, in my opinion, I think, I, 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 you know, obviously who knows, uh, but I don't think the country is getting more right wing and they've kind of shown that that's not the case. Now, here's an interesting thing. This guy has no experience, right? Yeah. He's, he's been in the house for several years, but he hasn't really done anything, right? He He's not in any kind of leadership. He hasn't done anything in leadership, so he has no real experience, which means he's not going to know what to do or how to do it. So you've got two things that could happen here. One, he's going to be a figurehead. And if he's a figurehead, everyone's going to know it. And, I, yeah. and I, when, I, when I mean everyone, I mean everyone, including the public. Like right. everyone's just gonna if everyone starts calling him a puppet, like if if um Matt Gates is pulling his strings, mm. everyone's going to know that very, very quickly, which means he's gonna be a running joke. And that's gonna be really, really bad for Republicans. Like you can't have a figurehead because right. no one's gonna take you seriously. Right, so it's going to be Matt Gates' Congress, basically. Matt Gates, right? Which will be really, really bad. Um, it'll be really embarrassing for Republicans if the guy's just like, "Wait, what do I do?" Oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay, sure, Matt Gates's puppet, right? That'll yeah. be super embarrassing. And judging by the guy's, uh, judging by the guy's political ideology, I don't think he's very bright. Right, and he's going to be doing whatever Trump tells him to do. He's not he, and now let's say he's smart enough where he can learn on his feet. He's going to be really not. He's not going to have enough time, right? He's not going to be good at this, mm -hmm. and that means he's going to do a very, very bad job of it. Right. Um, or he's just going to panic. Like they've got three weeks, less than three weeks at this point until the government shutdown. Now. They're not going to do a clean CR, right? Because they're never they're never going to get these spending bills in time. They can't. It's impossible. Which means they need a CR, another continuing resolution to keep things running for you know whatever a month. Which means he's going to have to put something out there that Democrats are going to have to agree to. And the whole prop, the whole original problem was that the the MAGA caucus wouldn't put anything out there that didn't have like a 30% cut to the government and, you know, disastrous um, cuts to Medicare and Medicaid and blah, blah, blah. And the Democrats aren't going to go for that. They're going to be like, that's a non-starter. It's either a clean continuing resolution or you can go fuck off. All right. And this guy's not going to know what to do. Right. He's going to want to go with his ideology, which is 
burn the government to the ground, burn it all to the ground. Okay, you're the guy in charge now, buddy. So do you burn it all to the ground and now it's all on your shoulders and your party looks like a bunch of psychotics? Or do you do cut a deal? Do you cut a deal? Right. And this is where he's going to be. He's going to get himself in trouble because he will have to, like, he will at some point, the pressure will probably get to him and he will have to try, he'll cut a deal. And Matt Gates is going to be like, you can't do that. Right. You're not allowed to, at which point he's either going to be like, yes, sir, or wait, I'm the speaker. You can't tell me what to do. I'm the speaker. And then they're going to remove him. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, there's there's no there's no path forward for him where he gets the cuts that he wants, right? Because Democrats will never allow it. And there's no path forward to him where he does a clean continuing resolution. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they have a person in place now because Andrew McCarthy was never a guarantee to tamper with the 2024 election. Kevin right? McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, excuse me. Andrew McCarthy is the actor. Kevin, there's no guarantee. There was no, there was no guarantee that Kevin McCarthy was going to tamper with the 2024 election, right? He's too spineless and he's mm. too willing. He's too willing to back off when there's a lot of pressure on him. This guy is very much guaranteed to do that. So they may be willing to just suck it up and bite the bullet and just make sure he stays in position. Like, you know, like a freaking um, a, a landmine. You leave him there until you need it. And then you push the button. Yeah. And that button will come in 2024, no doubt, because that is when he's during elections is when he's shown himself to be useful to to. Uh, right. The They're going to need him between, you know, sometime after November and before January of December, of, um, December January of 2025. That's yeah. when he'll need to do his job his actual job. So they may just have, if, if he suddenly starts making, you know, clean deals and getting bills done properly. And, you know, it's like not everything that MAGA wants, but they get some of what they want, you know, like actual real legislation. Some of it, the, they get some of what they want. Democrats get some of what they want and blah, blah, blah. And then they just do their Hunter Biden investigations, et cetera. Like everyone expects them to. That's when you know what they're really waiting for. It's December and January of 2024 and 2025. Is yeah. that's what they're waiting for? Is until after Trump loses the election. That's what yeah. that's what the goal is. I mean, I think what this has shown, though, conclusively, right, is that Republicans really aren't fit to govern at all in any way, shape, or form. And I think that that impression has been made, even though they've elected this whack job into a, a, a speaker. The damage really has been done. Like that, it's been the biggest shit show imaginable. And now they've had to find pluck some dude out of obscurity who's a lunatic. Uh, it just it makes the GOP, in my opinion, it makes them look ridiculous. It makes them look in like completely unfit for government. So I don't see how this pans out in their favor in the long term. I really don't. Uh, it might be, you know, look, they they've got an extremist in, but the problem is when you push too far, like we've seen before, when you push too far, there's a reaction. Right. There's a there's an equal and opposite reaction whenever you push too far. And this is not the right guy um, to run the house. It's just it's a, an appalling choice. It's a really appalling choice. And it shows you how desperate they are. So, I mean, look, yeah, there's it's fraught with danger. But the, again, I think the good thing is that 
Democrats are the adults again in the room. Um, so therefore, you know, we are going to see smart maneuvering. Uh, you know, I think Hakeem Jeffries is very smart. Yeah, I he's going to eat this guy's lunch because yeah, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he's going to like, okay, sure, little guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be. They're not going to come out looking good. Well, look, uh, let's um, let's move on. We've got uh, who we have uh, Dean Phillips, right? We've got uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, the also world famous Dean world Phillips. famous Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips is running for president against Joe Biden. And we right. know this because his his campaign bus has been seen on the road. Dean Phillips, twenty twenty four. What is it with these people, these Democrats who are running? Joe Biden has just had one of the best weeks, best two weeks he's ever had. Right, like I think that the idea that this guy is old, past it, can't do his job, and is patently ridiculous. Now, he has gone to the Middle East and performed admirably performed you know i think it's almost unanimous that uh biden has been on top form um of a very volatile situation yeah, it's he an did not make it he did yeah. everything he could to keep it from like spiraling out of absolute into absolute psychotic madness yeah and getting and, and even I, worse than it is yes and i think to a large degree he managed to do that um, yeah, the, one of the things people really don't seem to understand one of the thing, one of the reasons Israel has not gone in already with their with their invasion the Biden, yeah. is because Biden has been telling them, "Don't fucking do that," and he's been twisting their arms. Like Israel's yeah. a little pissy about that. They've been bitching that they want to go in there and start slaughtering tens of thousands of people, and Biden's been telling them, "Don't." do that and they've been like okay fine because you know when the united states really applies the pressure israel kind of has to listen i know generally speaking it tends to be reversed when israel says wow and we kind of go okay israel said so that works both ways sometimes and well, biden's been really pressuring them don't fucking do it and yeah been and not I mean, look, doing it one of the one of the things the, the the Netanyahu's government is very very fragile. It, it, even though he has a unity government, it's not really like people are incredibly angry with Benjamin Netanyahu. Incredibly right. angry because he's um, a fucking criminal. So, yeah, he he is a criminal and, and a fascist. Done, yeah, he's done a terrible job with his country, an absolutely appalling job, and he fucked this up really badly. Um, you know, it was a colossal intelligence failure. So. And there's because not a few people who there's not a few people who who there's not a few people who think that perhaps he let that happen because it helped him politically. Yes, I don't subscribe to that view, but I I get it right. Um, I think that, and so therefore the the US does have leverage, right? They they do actually have some leverage on this because, and they have they kind of have to do what the Americans say. Because Netanyahu is entirely dependent on America right now, right? Israel was actually fairly isolated, particularly in obviously in the Middle East. It's incredibly isolated. It doesn't have it, Israel has no allies in the Middle East whatsoever. Um, you know, we've got not uh, for lack of trying on our part. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So, so I think that like he does have some leverage, and they're using that leverage cleverly to try to limit damage. 
Um, I don't really not going to do. We're not supposed to be doing an Israel <laughs> podcast. I know. <laughs> I think it's what you know. It's a very complicated situation, and I think Biden is a statesman. Can you imagine what would happen if Trump was president? Oh my God, they would be in there already, like in full force, shooting everything that moves. Yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. It would be so, a bloodbath. So anyway, it's already a bloodbath, but still. Dean, but yes, Dean, Dean Phillips. Phillips. Yes, go on, go on. Okay, so what do we the, know the about? Fam- the famous Dean Phillips. Uh, you know what? I forgot to even check what state he's from. So uh, the only thing I know about Dean Phillips is that he's a moderate centrist. So, you know, yeah, that guy, whoever, okay. whoever that is. So um, should we move on? Well, no, the thing about the thing, the thing I'm looking forward to is like a month from now is how the press is going to be swooning over him and the alt left is going to be like, oh my God, Dean Phillips. Oh, everyone rallied to Dean Phillips, even though he's a moderate centrist, which the alt left hates. So I'm really looking forward to the alt left, like fully, wholly embracing him because that will tell me. The one th- well, that will tell everyone the one thing I've been saying forever and ever and ever: they don't care about anything except making Democrats lose. Because anyone on the alt left that says Dean Phillips is awesome is like, you got to be kidding me! This guy's just straight up a centrist Democrat. He's a moderate. He's a centrist. He's he's to the right of Biden. Like anyone who says. Well, he's like a younger Joe Biden. He's a moderate centrist. He's like young. He's Joe Biden, but young. He's like, no, he's not. Joe Biden is not a moderate centrist. Joe Biden is extremely progressive. He's not like a radical leftist communist, but Joe Biden's been the most progressive president in my life. Oh, yeah. Not even close, yeah. It's not even a, it's not even remotely close. So this guy's kind of come in and he's going to run to the right of Biden. Who's he appealing to other than I'm not Biden? That's not, uh, that's not, that's nothing to run on. That's I'm younger is not enough. That's not good enough. You have to be able to, to appeal to the base. And the base is to the left of this guy. The base is very much to the left of this guy. If he's a moderate centrist, the base is to the left of him. The Democratic Party is not a moderate centrist party anymore by a long shot. So, whatever. Good luck with that, buddy. Have fun. <laughs> it really is sad. It really is sad. But look, let's uh, let's move on. We've got our fascist of the week. Ugh. Fascist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a good one. Um. All right, Justin. You want to take you want to take this one? This is your this is your guy. Yeah. This is this is North Carolina. The North Carolina GOP. Um. So North Carolina has been trending purple for quite some time, right? And of course, Republicans being Republicans, they don't like that. I mean, North Carolina has a Democratic governor, Roy Cooper, okay? Trump only won in 2020 by 1.34% or so, all right? He just barely won in that state. And that's with a ton of voter suppression going on there. Like Republicans, oh my God, so much voter suppression. So of course, they now have rewritten the the um, the state map, uh, the congressional maps, and of course the state legislature maps to lock themselves into power for years. 
because the Supreme Court said, go ahead and gerrymander away. As long as it's not overtly racial, like really overtly racial, then you can gerrymander as much as you want. We don't care because they know, right? That's what Republicans have to do. So they gerrymandered themselves three to four new House seats for 2024, which, you know, they're going to need because they're only have, you know, like what? Five seat majority, four seat majority. And New York alone, they're going to get their asses kicked. Um, that's going to cost them several seats just by itself. So they're going to need every gerrymandered seat, and they're still going to lose control of the House after this guy, after Mike Johnson. But still, you know, they just gerrymandered the state. They gerrymandered it. I mean, it's like one of the worst gerrymanders outside of Wisconsin at this point, and it might actually be worse than Wisconsin. Um, but and this does go, it, it does kind of go to show you what lengths Republicans now have to go to to win elections is that they can't win on they can't win by getting voter turnout. Like, voter turnout, no. if more people vote, it usually works out better for the Democrats. So, they obviously want less people, fewer people to vote and to do as much gerrymandering as they can. Yeah, they're insanely against democracy, like in every form, they're against democracy. Yeah, I mean, and look, and this, this is why we pick pick this for fascists of the week because but you know this is straight up fascism this is what happens when you have and this is how democracies end as well um when you start to play games like this uh and then can you imagine like what happens i mean look the fact that you have uh the judiciary is is controlled by far-right extremists the house is now controlled by far-right extremists if trump gets elected next year you're going to have a situation where this is going to become just commonplace. You'll see more and more of it. It'll be cemented for another 20 to 30 years. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I, I would like to remind anyone who's still complaining about, Oh, Joe Biden, this Joe Biden, that you did the same thing in 2016 and you cost us control of the Supreme court. If we'd had the Supreme court, gerrymandering would be gone. Yeah. And then Republicans wouldn't be able to do this anymore. And that would have been the end of the Republican Party within 10 years. Yeah. That it would have been done. All of this would have been done. But but both sides are the same. But just her emails. And both sides are just as bad. Yep. Uh, yeah. The people, <laughs> the people who let that happen, the people who let that happen in 2016 are directly responsible for what's happening in North Carolina and in the fucking house right yeah. now. Uh, agreed. So don't I do look, that again next year. <laughs> yeah, right. No, please not. Please do not do that. They're going to do it, but there's nothing we can say. Unfortunately, they're going to do it. There just has to be more normal people coming out and putting an end to this kind of nonsense. But um, look, let's quickly go, go over Trump's legal woes. <laughs> this, this is bad. Jenna Ennis flipped. Right? This is... <laughs> yeah, Trump's legal will somehow get worse again. <laughs> again, it really is terrible. Uh, so, lawyer Janet Ellis flipped. Uh, this is not. This is bad. Really bad. Not really. I mean, it's bad for Trump indirectly, right? But it's it's worse for Rudy Giuliani. Right. Yeah, she re she spent a lot of time running around with Giuliani all over the country, doing a whole bunch of stuff, um, like shady stuff. And the problem is, is that she has flipped and she's a cooperating witness now which means rudy giuliani is completely and 
utterly screwed because she i'm sure she kept notes and i'm sure she's got evidence and just her testimony alone is who was it last week this is how ridiculous this is getting who was it last week well she's the fourth lawyer in in a week and a half so last week it was was cindy powell and john cheeseman chesman i don't know cheeseman i'm gonna say cheeseman and there was someone before that whose name is not quite as well known but i kind of forgot so yeah yeah, that's four in just this case in the last week and change right three in the last just few days um so this one is just a three in the last week but specifically but jenna ellis is one that targets rudy directly and he's pretty much guaranteed jail for the rest because he's not a young guy and he's not in great health and he's looking at jail for the rest of his life. And Rudy Giuliani does not have any money. Like he blew all his money on his expensive tastes and Trump did a fundraiser for him and it flopped, which means (laughs) he's done. He can't afford the high powered lawyer. He's going to need to possibly keep his ass out of jail. And Trump's not paying for any of the lawsuits Right, because Trump doesn't have any money either. Yeah. Right. All right. And, and and again, I just as a quick aside, I have to remind people of how bad that is for Trump going into next year. He's spending tens of millions of dollars. All of the donations that are coming in are going right back out the door for all of his legal funds, which means when the campaign starts, he don't have no money. Yeah. He's not going to have money for campaigning. He's going to have to rely on all the super PACs, which I'm sure will be lavishly funded by billionaires. But he will he his personal campaign will not have any money. And that's going to be a big problem for him. So good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. But you're going to be starting at such a huge deficit. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, Biden's raking it in left and right. He's going to have a massive war chest. But, but anyway, I'm sorry. Getting back to Giuliani. Giuliani is either going to have to spend the rest of his life in jail or he's going to have to make a deal. Uh, he's going to have to make a plea deal. And if Rudy Giuliani makes a plea deal, that takes down a whole lot of other people, especially Trump. So wow. <laughs> That's that's a problem. And that's that's how this all works. You get the right. little ones. You it's just the little dominoes to get to the bigger dominoes, and you get to the bigger dominoes, and then you start getting to the bigger names. And Rudy Giuliani is one of the biggest names, and he's right next to Trump. Yes, and again, this is I want a chess analogy. Like I've been playing a lot of chess recently. I wrote about it, a piece about this, and this is essentially you can kind of see the strategy working here. Right, about how you take away the small pieces, you take away the pawn, then you start going for the bigger pieces until you find the checkmate. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani's definitely a bishop. He's definitely he's up there. He, he, yeah, he's something. He's a, maybe maybe he's a knight um, or a bishop. Yeah, he, he's 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 not insignificant. Nope. Um, so yeah, onwards we roll. We'll look. We'll keep we'll keep you up to date with that too because it's um, obviously Trump's legal woes. So week by week. Uh, it changes every week, right? And I know it's, it's moving so fast now, right? After all this, after all these years of, are they going to do anything? Now it's just like, holy shit, I can't even keep up with it. It's moving so quickly. Yeah, and it's it, it is it is decidedly not looking good for Trump. So sad. So sad. Uh, well, look, 
let's we're going to move into the emergency meeting now emergency meeting podcast um please come and join us there we um we do this every week we do a members only podcast for all of you paid subscribers if you would like to join us there if you'd get access to all of our members only articles too please get yourself a bantam membership you can get 50 percent off it is a huge help it's the only way that we make any revenue we don't take advertising we don't have sponsors we don't have VC firms backing us nothing we're just a independent media outlet so please jump in and, and, and become a banter member um we're going to be talking about the horrific main shooting that happened this week it was absolutely tragic and we're going to be talking about why this is you can place almost all of the blame on the republican party so uh thanks very much for listening and uh we'll be back next week later <laughs>